Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, warm welcome to you all this morning. Wasn't Sam's message last week a cracker? And the week before. But last week, you know, talking about the, the delays, the distractions, um, just amazing, you know, explaining his journey. And his journey is really our journey because, you know, you see where you want to go in life. You believe what God's promised in his word. And then you go for it and you get delays, you get distractions, you get derailed, you get also, you can think of a lot more of these. <laughs> well, what a great encouraging message. And I love the fact that he, he shared uh, uh, how he struggled looking at others and being envious and I hope that that sets people free I hope that that uh, that's a message that just says here's a guy that's being transparent and uh, not shying away from his humanity sometimes we can be cleverer than Christ sometimes we can be more holy than Jesus and Sam is just nailing it and there's there's a future with a fella like that you know follow the man who's following God Follow the woman who's following God because you'll hear stories like this from them and that'll give you confidence that they're, they're not, they don't think that they're better than anybody else, but they're sharing their struggles. But more than that, they're sharing their victories. And uh, you watch Sam's life take off. It will. And uh, I want more and more people within Global to be transparent and to, to share. You know, this is a place, a safe place where you can be yourself. And, and we're, you know, we're all getting through in life. And, uh, we, you know, we face the mountains sometimes. Sometimes we're on mountain tops and life's great. And sometimes we're back in the valleys. But, you know, through it all, we learn how to handle each season or each position of life. And we're able to find success. And uh, I've got a great message for us uh, this morning. But, you know, I have heard some stuff recently about, you know, church leaders are our ex-church leaders say that they don't need to go to church and, you know, their relationship with Jesus is enough. And it sounds really spiritual. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been leading in church for about just under 40 years. And um, I don't need to go to church on a Sunday to know what's happening. I've already planned it. I've spoken it before. <laughs> I've practiced my preaching before I even get there. So I know what's coming. So why do I go? Because I could sit at home and say, I don't need this. It's a very selfish mentality. I don't need it. And I want to address that just, 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 just very quickly. But why do I go? It's because God goes. And God says he will dwell amongst his people that worship. And, you know, when, when we all come together, it's one thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit yourself. But when we all come together, there is a greater presence or anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he speaks into people's hearts. And he changes people's hearts, he lifts burdens, he breaks pressures, he dissolves sins on people's lives. And it is fantastic. And so, you know, whether it's a church meet service on a Sunday, or, or whether we meet as a church midweek, or whether it's two or three gathered in a coffee shop, Jesus said, there I am in the midst. So fellowship, that's, that's the Bible word for friendship, is really important. If the lockdown has taught us nothing else, the biggest thing to come out of lockdown is we need each other. And I don't just mean church. I mean, the whole world knows it's horrible. 
in isolation. And we were born for fellowship. We were, we were formed for fellowship. And so, you know, it's important uh, that we do meet together. And here's what the Bible says. So forget what any preacher tells you. This is what the Bible says. Let's stick with the word, yeah? God's word, God's way. It says this in, uh, in, the, book of e in the book of Hebrews. It says, let us hold, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good works. That's so unselfish. That's about other people. Let's see how we can spur each other on to love and good works. And then it says this, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of judgment approaching. See, that's God's word to us. It's not just about me and Jesus. We don't be just, we just, one guy said, we don't just get converted to Jesus, we get converted to his church too. And uh, I want to build a church that's a happy church, that's a, a church that's fulfilled, that the church, that a church that enjoys the adventure of life and understand that life's tough. It just is. And this is not a playground, this is a battleground in life. And Jesus said, Fear not, I have overcome the world. So we're on the winning side. This is good news, yeah? So I want to, I just want to say it's important that we meet together. I can't wait until we all meet together. You know, I'm going to hug you all and uh, use deodorant. Anyway, <laughs> I can't wait because it's important for us. And I can't wait. And I know you can't. Feedback from everybody is we can't wait until June, you know. So looking forward to it. Um, I want to have a look really at what it is to be part of church. There's different metaphors in the Bible. We use it's church, which means the called out ones. We've been called out of this world and into the kingdom of heaven, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light, out of the kingdom of Satan, into the kingdom of the son that God loves, Jesus Christ. So we're the called out ones. Another metaphor in the Bible is the house. We're part of the house uh, of God, or the family of God. And I want to have a look at, at, at some of the great things that you know that there's a great signs of a healthy church. And there's great momentum triggers in church that, that help us. You know, sometimes we're just, we're bundling along, not bumbling along, but we're, we're trying to get along and nothing seems to be going right. Nothing seems to be growing. And then all of a sudden momentum kicks in. And uh, momentum doesn't just happen. We can make momentum happen. And, you know, if, you, if, if, if we want giving in church, then we just start giving. And it all starts with the leaders. Sorry about that, guys. But, you know, we start giving. You create a momentum of giving. Um, a healthy church has a healthy heart. You know, each church has a soul. It, it's, it, you know, there's something about that church, the emotion of it, the mentality of that church. It resonates with you. That's why some people think, oh, come on. I feel like I've known you for all my life and it's so good. The Bible says this, Psalm, Psalm 92. Let me just get that to, uh, for you. Psalm 92. Let's start at verse 12, sorry. The righteous, that's us, the, the Christians, we've been made right with God, not because of our own good works. 
or being being good or, or kind or whatever. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God. Jesus won it for us at the cross. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. God is a straight arrow. You can trust him. He's a plumb line. That's what that kind of stuff means. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. And you know, when the enemy of human life, that is Satan himself, when he attacks the church, he always attacks the health of the body. He attacks the, the health of the church. And you know, those who go to church are different from those who build the church. People who attend, people who go to church can often be very critical, very negative about church. But those who are planted in the house, they protect it. They give to it. They look after it. And, and so there's a different, why? Because that way we flourish. And you can tell when a church is flourishing. I'm going to look at them signs. And, um, you know, I've heard a lot recently about toxic church. And, uh, and it's like, and, uh, you know, the data is in. We've got the data. This is a phenomenon with, with big churches and stuff like that. I want to just say, slow down. When was the last time you searched the scriptures? You know, the Bible says, forgive one another. Peter, the tough, rough apostle, said, love one another deeply. Said, Jesus said, you know, pray, our Father who art in heaven, and let your name be glorified. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Why don't we just forgive? Forgive what people have done to us in church. Forgive what people have done to us outside of church. And hopefully other people will forgive you for what you've done in church also. Jesus said, unless you forgive, you can't be forgiven. Another scripture, I'm just trying to help us here because I think we're losing the plot. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, we read this at weddings. Love is this and love is that. You know what it says about love? Love keeps no record of wrongs. In the words of that Disney film, let it go. Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Don't build up data. Get rid of it. Live a life. Yes, we've got to look at church procedures. Here's a good thing. Become a church leader and determine in your heart you're not going to do church the way that other people have done it. And let's start a new church for a new generation. But let's start positive. Let's not start negative. Come on. Come back to the scriptures. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Love covers a multitude of sins. Forgive us as we forgive others their sins. Come on. Don't go for justice. It's not justice you want, it's mercy. <laughs> and the Bible says that mercy trumps judgment any day. But the problem is when we're hurt, we want revenge and we want to out people, we want to expose them. And, but love covers a multitude of sins. Come on, you have to man up. We've got to take some stuff, as, especially as leaders. We're, we've got to be able to overcome. And God uses adversity and people that have treated us badly or whatever to stretch our hearts, to stretch our minds to be able to handle pressure. It's what leaders do. And I want to encourage you. I was once young and now I'm old. David said that in the Bible and I feel like that sometimes. 
but I'm seeing a new generation coming through and you are bright, you are sharp and you are beautiful. And you know, you're gonna do church in a fantastic, phenomenal way. I'm speaking to church leaders today and I want you to be successful. Come on, we need a new, a new church for a new generation coming through. And you know, I can see churches, you know, popping, popping up all over the show. I see it in my mind and I'm thinking, I don't want them to hark on about, oh, we were treated like this. Do you remember when you give your life to Jesus and you would do anything for him? Do you remember when some leader made a, a place for you on the platform and you were like, yes, <laughs> and you enjoyed it and they, they allowed you to express your gift. And okay, there's no leader that's perfect. We've all got feet to clay. Do you know, just remember what, what the, you weren't complaining then. We only complain sometimes, you know, we say, Lord, I'm your servant and I'm, I'm just here to serve. And then somebody treats you like a servant and that's when all hell breaks loose. Come on, let's be real. I'm not trying to be clever with everybody. We've all, we've all either hurt or been hurt or a bit of both. Let's, let's love covers a multitude of sins and let's plant churches with a great heart, great, a great soul, a great atmosphere in there. So I want to have a look at, at uh, some, some signposts that you know you're creating a, a great environment and atmosphere in church. So barometers of a healthy church. Number one, there's laughter. And I'm not talking about the funny man at the front or the funny woman at the front cracking the jokes. I'm talking about where laughter breaks out. When the church is in coffee shops, just looking up or going out for a cheeky beer and there's laughter there. There's not the evidence of oh, serving on this thing oh, where there's laughter breaking out, where, where the funny guys shine, but even the, the not the funny guys can join in the laughter. Why? Because there's a happy heart. Laughter is a great thing. Great medicine. Laughter in the corridors of our churches and our hallways um, and our, our homes. Laughter it is a great barometer of a healthy church. Number two, uh, volunteer servanthood. Volunteer servanthood. As opposed to guilt-based uh, servanthood where, oh, well, nobody else will do it. I'm going to have to do it. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord, not with badness, not with sadness, not with madness, but with gladness. Come on, church. I want to encourage you. You know, last night, our children's workers went out to celebrate. And um, I love it. You know, I think it's the biggest team in the church. And I want to, 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 to produce young champions through them kids. It starts there. And they grow up in, in, in the house of the Lord. Let's be religious. The house of the Lord. It grows up in a great atmosphere where the parents love God, love Jesus, and live God's word, God's way. And, and, and they learn that themselves and they're just saying, why wouldn't you? You know, my sons, look at this world. They love this world too much. They love this world. But, you know, they wouldn't swap being a Christian for that. Why? Because they said, it doesn't make sense. This makes sense. This is the only thing that, that, that makes sense. And they were brought up in it. They were nurtured in it. Come on, we want to produce champions in global. If you're listening and you're going to another church, you'll produce champions in your church. Young champions. Don't despise children's work and say, ah, oh, well, I'm just too rough and tough for that. No, no, no. Honestly, if you want to learn how to communicate, speak to children because you have got to break it down and simplify it. Kids are brilliant when they're asleep. Anyway, number two is volunteer-based 
servanthood. Serve the Lord with gladness. Number three, finances. Where your treasure is, Jesus said, that is where your heart will be. If your treasure is in building God's house, you will give to it. You know, 50% of giving in my churches is from the business people. But they didn't start as businessmen and women. They started as believers and I trained them in business. Now they're training me <laughs> training me in business. Come on, you dinosaur. <laughs> Change thinking there. And you're like, yeah, 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 will do. It's beautiful. But you see, I taught them about sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. This is, this is the way we do finances in the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and you start to see the supernatural. I'll give you an example. It's, you know, if you're going for a business, see somebody that's doing the same business and go and sow a seed into their business. So away from yourself and you watch what the Holy Spirit does. It's brilliant. You know, when David says in the Old Testament, my God trains my hands for war. Well, clearly, as Christians, we're not going to take up swords and shields and bows and arrows and be useless these days. But, you know, we're not in a physical war. We're in a spiritual battle. Our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, it says in Ephesians 6, but against the powers of the dark, uh, uh, of the dark spaces and, and uh, uh, you know, levels of authority throughout the world, the invisible uh, creatures that come and, and uh, take control of people's lives and break them down and damage them. That's our fight is against the devil and his demons. And so, you know, we don't, we don't go wage war that way. And so let us be people who, 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 who know how to, fight the, uh, how to fight the fight. And uh, I've taught people in finances and we're learning uh, how to give. And we're, we're learning how to, we enjoy, we live to give. It's fantastic. We do. Uh, so that's a, a great sign of the, uh, uh, that's another barometer type thing of whether you know the church is great. We're not into toxic church. We're into great church. But you know what? We will make mistakes. Stick around me long enough or any of my leaders and you will be disappointed. <laughs> if you think that we never fail, we never make mistakes, you are so wrong. And you know what? We reserve the freedom of it. We're saying, no, we're free to make mistakes. We are not politically correct. But that doesn't give us a license to be uh, rude to people or disrespectful. The Apostle Peter puts it like this. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. He's talking to new believers. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That's the kind of church I want to produce. This is good stuff. I hope you're taking notes <laughs> as, you're, as you're listening to this. So finances. In healthy churches, there's always been a flaw of giving. I have to be careful what I say to my leaders because they are ready to give. They want to give. Uh, I don't want to tell them my needs so often because I know what will happen. <laughs> but it's the same with them. And, you know, we love each other and it's good. It's good. Did I say only 50%? No, they are the highest givers. And, uh, but they are people, we are an entrepreneurial church. Why? Because we believe in the Genesis mandate and not just the Matthew 28 mandate. The Genesis mandate to Adam and Eve, not just Adam, but to his wife, to women to become, men and women to become business people, to boss it in the business world, to boss it 
in the arts world, to boss it in the entertainment arena, to boss it in the education arena, to boss it in politics. That's what Jesus, that's what God called us to do in Genesis, and we believe that. And so we want to release more and more people into that. Time's, time's flying. I've got to get through these points because they're awesome. Number four, simplicity rather than complex. Simplicity makes the complex available. I love it when people simplify. I loved it when the iPad came out because I was struggling with the laptops and computers and all that. And when the iPad came out, I thought, oh, there is a God. This is beautiful. It just simplified everything for me. And I want to do church with simplicity. I don't want lots of staff. I don't want, I want, I, I, I want small churches that are, are led by people who are in work and not being paid by the church. They make their own money like Paul did, the apostle, like tent making, getting a business. We're always encouraging people into business. Why? Because when you've got your own business, you're more useful to God. You can choose your own times. We can get some things done. And I want churches of 100, no more than 100, dotted all over the cities of, of Great Britain and all over the cities of the world. And, uh, and that's where we're heading. And, and so I want small communities that can be known, where people are known by each other, so that when we do come together for a, a, a huge meeting of thousands, then, you know, each tribe will know, <laughs> or each stream will know who you belong to. But you know what? We get together and we find that we've got the same culture, the same confidence, the same gospel, the same heart, the same mission mind. It's beautiful. I have a dream. And if you want to get involved in this dream, let us know. Come on. We've, we've a mission to do. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says, because, because there's always a cause when the spirit comes on you. It's not just for us to have goosebumps or whatever, or just to feel great, which is beautiful when it happens. There's a cause. And the cause is to reach the lost. They don't even know the lost. And to reach them in their culture. And to, to find ways and means of, of communicating, re-theologizing for a new generation so they can capture the essence of what we're about. Gosh, I wish I could take notes on myself today. That's what I want to do. That's the passion of my heart. When there's strife in the church, the air, the, 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 air, the atmosphere gets heavy. And we don't want that. Complexity does that. It screws people's minds up. I want it to be a lot smoother. Let's simplify things. And, uh, you know, I try not to have lots of digitary around, digital equipment. I, we've got phones and we've got, we've got uh, video uh, capabilities with our phones. Let's just use them. Come on, let's use them wherever we go. People tell me, you know, the phone quality on this, the picture qualities, it's the same as a mega gahigahuga. And you're like, great, well, let's use it then. Spend enough money on our phones. Let's use it for the kingdom of heaven. And, and let's be more mobile. Let's do, well, we need a special room for, no, you don't. Set up and get going. Come on, a bit rough and ready around the edges. That's a bit like the apostles, isn't it? I've just been reading about the apostle Paul. He divided a city when he went in. That wasn't smooth, really. <laughs> he divided a city. They threw him out. He had, to, he had to escape, I should say. I mean, it's just amazing when the ruggedness of the early church Come on, guys, we've all got a bit snowflakey. Come on, can we get a bit of grit back in? So, 
simplicity. You know, when there's ease in the place, the, there's still issues, there's still uh, complexities, but you know, when there's ease in people's hearts, they come to them issues and complexities and just say, we'll find a way through. It's a real, uh, it's, it's a strength when people are used to de-escalating complex things and just finding answers, finding ways through. Number five, camaraderie, friendship, working together, being mates, being friends. You know, Jesus said in Luke's gospel to his disciples, he said, you call me Lord and that is right because that, that is who I am. But now I call you friends. That reminds me about Abraham. God called him his friend. God had a little friend in the Old Testament called Abraham. Do you know what? I'm Jesus' friend. And I keep in introducing other people to Jesus to be his friend. And wherever I go, whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's a bar, I lead people into friendship with Jesus. Let a, a lawyer, uh, a, a while back, a, a, a lawyer to Christ at the end of a bar. And we celebrated with whiskey and lager. But don't tell the Christian world that. They might not listen to me anymore. <laughs> celebration in heaven. Why not celebration on earth when one sinner comes to repent of their sins? Um, you're in coffee shops. Just laid hands on another, uh, another guy the other day. Just laying hands on for peace in his troubled mind. And it's like, this is where we, this is where we are. We're out in the world naturally. And it's beautiful. Got to move on. Camaraderie, where we build singleness of heart. And, and there's, that, there's a real lack of independence. It comes not because somebody said, you've got to be part of the group think. It isn't that. It's just that there's one heart, one vision. And, and you know, people are not going contrary uh, to the flaw of church. Why? Because we're friends. So when we disagree, we're like, I don't get it. And so we wait for somebody to help us to get it. That's where Paul says in the, to his, his young churches in the New Testament, he says, bear with one another. Be patient with one another. Come on, somebody. It's the toughest job in the world leading the church. It's the toughest job. Boxing Tyson Fury or AJ, it's tough. That's tough. I wouldn't like to go into a ring with them, but it's over within about half an hour. We're talking about years of serving and years of people walking into your life or walking out your life. We give and you give of yourself and people take your secrets away sometimes and you're like, no, 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 don't go. But they do move on. And you're like, how do you keep going? You keep your heart fresh, planted in the house. You'll flourish. Have good friends around you, good laughter. Keep it simple. So number six, intuitive. Uh, sorry, initiative. People taking initiative, not just leaders, but people that are trained by the leaders that are coming through in life and, and their confidence is growing. You'll see in, in, in initiatives going on in life. And I don't just mean religious initiatives. I'm talking about starting a new business or going to get educated so that you can get a degree, so that you can get a, a greater job than what you've got. Whatever. But people taking the initiative. Dr. Lynn. I can remember her doing a, uh, going for a degree and then thinking, I'm going to go and do my studies for a doctor, to become a doctor. And, and, and uh, you, you know, I saw her going to America, specialising with some guys out there and coming back here. I mean, just absolutely uh, amazing woman. And now she, along with Ben, her husband, ends up our church plant in London. But 
it wasn't us going on, I think you should do this, or the dude of discernment. I think. But the initiative coming from them, the Holy Spirit speaking to, to ordinary people in the church and saying, come on, this is your destiny. Get up and get going. You'll find that in a church that's healthy. Not contrary to the flow of the church, but it's more contributing to the flow of the church. And even in her studies, Lynn, she was all serving in church. All the time she couldn't make things because she was on night shifts and stuff like that. Nobody turned around and goes, well, I, well, I don't know whether I agree with this. It's like, but we would have wobbled their heads. We wouldn't have said wobble your head. We'd have took them outside and duffed them up. <laughs> don't be seven. <laughs> Can I just say that initiative, initiative thing? There is creativity, new ideas, new innovations. I absolutely love it. Planted in the house, they will flourish. Number seven, vibe and atmosphere. It's not just the leaders that take responsibility for the atmosphere of the church, but it's, it's everybody's job to take uh, responsibility. We don't want people just coming in and sulking every time we meet somewhere. You, you know, people do get hurt. People are broken when they come to us. But you know something? We, we guard the atmosphere. Jesus had to do it with negative Judas. When the woman, Mary, brought the alabaster jar and poured it all over Jesus, really expensive, and Judas, the grump, turned around and goes, this could have been sold and given to the poor. Great evangelical he would have been. And Jesus said, leave her alone. What she's done has been a beautiful thing. He couldn't see it. He could only see pragmatism, pragmatism, pragmatism. It's the killer of creativity. I know because I was that man. But anyway, back to Judas. He's going on and on and on. And, you know, Jesus had to stop him. Why? Because he was killing the atmosphere of generosity that Jesus created in the three years that he'd been with, with the disciples. And it's, it's for us all in global to protect the environment and the atmosphere. You know, if there's a coffee spilt when we're meeting together as a, a gathering, you don't wait for just for someone. We'll go and find a, a mop. We'll go and find how can we clear it up. And... Uh, Great if, if there's somebody around that knows what, where everything is, then we use them. But, you know, let's take the initiative. Let's be people that protect the, uh, the atmosphere and the environment, the vibe of the place. You know, when we look for a, a place to meet, to, to worship, uh, we found this nightclub in York and we met there uh, a few times and we tried to make it. It just didn't quite work. The vibe was great. Uh, we loved it in there and it led naturally to our evangelism, which was our friendship evangelism, which is after church, we're straight out into the nightclub, which is amazing. And uh, that worked well for us, but over time, it just really didn't work. But why? But we, we were protecting the vibe. We wanted to make sure that we had a great vibe there. And, um, and when you don't, then you, we change the atmosphere. We, ch we change the venue, I should say. Number eight, conversation. It's positive and faith-filled. We're not Pollyanna positive, but you know what? We cannot stand people saying, well, I'm just being real. No, you're not. You're being grumpy and you're being negative. And you need to change your language and you need to find a few scriptures that bolster you a little bit, that give you hope and a future. You know, when you tell non-Christians that they need Jesus, you need Jesus. They're a lot happier without Jesus than you are with Jesus. Believe me. So I don't want people being real. I want people being spirit-filled and faithful and with a good account in their life, of their life. And a, and a good report. And when they're going through times, we don't we don't explore like this. We 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 minimise it, and we just say, well, there's one or two things going on. 
can you help me? Can you pray for me? I've gone over time. Can I just say, number nine, genuine spirituality. It's not a pseudo-spirituality, which is selfish and surface level, but the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for the cause. Genuine spirituality. Cut me and I bleed. Jesus, the Holy Spirit of unbelievers and the mission of Jesus. I can't help it. It's just there. I've, I've, you know, I've never got over the fact that Jesus accepted me as I was. You see me now. Some of you might think, oh, I don't even like him now. <laughs> don't trust him as far as I can throw him. It's fine. You should have seen me then. Jesus makes a difference. And I, I have hope and faith for anybody on this planet to find faith in Jesus that he will accept them as they are. Maybe that's you today. I'm going to say a prayer with you in a minute. And last of all, number 10, it's got a healthy soul. Leaders, good leaders in church have dealt with the past. They've dealt with their past addictions, their past hurts, their past issues, their past bad attitudes or negativity. They have dealt with that. And now they come ready to serve and create other leaders just like them. You can only create what, you, you know, you, 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 you can only create the kind of disciple that you are. And, uh, and uh, you know, I like to monitor where my leaders are at because I want to know that they're full of faith. And I don't walk around with a stick or anything like that, but we're in friendship. We're able to share where we're struggling and what the blockages are. We have this saying, no eggshells, no excuses, and no elephants in the room. We cut through it all to get to the issues. And it's beautiful and it's good for the church. And the church, we grow up and, and we grow up together and become strong. I've said plenty there. I'm so proud of Global. I want to spread Global all over the world. Come and help me. If you're from another church and it's not going anywhere, don't kick up a big, a big stink. Just let us know that you want to be used. We will use you and uh, we will train you. And we need to get going. Uh, if your church is great and you're listening in, go and be a good news to your leaders. Go and bring that positive report. Go and be... That uh, go with the flow of the leaders. So good. I said plenty. But today Jesus calls you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And he calls you by name. And he doesn't beg you. And he doesn't plead with you to come. He commands because he's a king. He commands you to change your thinking. And to repent. And to turn from the way that you're living. It might be a good life. It doesn't have to be all debauchery and drunkenness. And, and drug taking and sniffing lines of coke. It can just be that you've got a decent life, but it's a life without God. And Jesus commands you to repent and to turn away from that life and turn to God and put God first. And when God becomes first in your life, priorities change. All things change. I'm going to say a simple prayer. You can repeat this prayer after me and give your life to Jesus today and be a follower of Jesus. Yes, just bow your heads wherever you are. You can repeat this in your heart. Or out loud, dear Lord Jesus, I've heard some good stuff about you, but today I've heard the call to come and follow you. And I open the door of my heart to you. And I ask that you will send your Holy Spirit into me. Cancel my sin because of what you did at the cross. You paid for my sin with your precious blood. Cancel my past, all the negative stuff. And Put in me a hope for the future. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Transform my life by the power of your Holy Spirit and let me follow you for the rest of my life. Amen. If you've said that prayer, get in touch with us. Our details are on the screen. And uh, you know, if there's a prayer that could be in there for, for you guys that are, are churchgoers, that planted in the house, to remain planted, to you know, not uh, start to, to keep meeting together. That's the word I'm looking for, to keep meeting together. Come on, let's be a better you. Let's be, a, let's be better servants. Let's have that laughter rolling. Let's give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord, as the Bible says. I've said plenty of going into another preach. Great, this is a privilege to have. I don't take it for granted. And uh, we'll see you again. Keep tuning with us. We'll have different speakers coming in because my leaders are chomping at the bit to, to get in because the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. He's giving them talks to bring, to, to build up the body of Christ. So uh, I don't know who's on next week. We'll see. But we'll see you soon and uh, keep safe. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 